0: Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing us here into your presence this morning. Praise you, Almighty Father, for bringing us to you and to your word. Help us to hear. Help us to obey. Help us, Lord, to know you better and therefore love you and trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. From the end of May to the middle of June... 1991, I lived in Alaska. We, that's two other brainless 19-year-olds and I, lived in a tent provided by my parents, and we drove in a car provided by one of the other boys. You know, God watches out for fools and babes. What isn't clear to me is under which of those two categories I fell that summer. We had so many close calls, including when we were climbing up and over the grapevine. The rack upon which we tied everything we owned slid off the top of our 1978 Malibu and landed in the middle of I-5. The fact that I picked up that rack and tossed it off the freeway may be the greatest feat of strength I have ever accomplished, even to this day. Of course, the adrenaline surge I had probably had nothing to do with the Mack truck that was hurtling towards me at 70 miles per hour. Upon our return from our adventures in Soldatna, we came to the driveway of my mom's house, and I was refused entrance. I stank. I was filthy. Everything I had stank. Nothing about me was as it needed to be. I needed to be cleansed. Actually, closer to the truth is, everything I brought back with me needed to be burned. Burned. The only thing that I was allowed to keep, and keep only in the garage, were the pair of green rubber boots that I had worn. My my mom handed me a towel, and she put me on the side of the house and told me to strip everything I had and land it in the trash can. Only then would I be permitted into the house. Only then through the back door, and only then to go directly into the shower. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do you realize people will be refused entrance into heaven because they are filthy? Those who have not been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb are filthy. This is one of the several images God uses for the fact that we are fallen. We are sinful and therefore subject to death in every aspect of our lives. Now, I brought this truth relative to our lostness to the forefront last time I preached. I noted, with miracles, God demonstrates aspects of his victory over our lostness. There are many facets of this reality we live in every day. Every day that speak to the damage of the fall upon our souls. Because Adam and Eve sinned, therefore, every man, woman, and child are sinners. And there are many aspects of our reality that are damaged, that are ruined, that are destroyed. And miracles are very often aimed at correcting or relieving or healing or in this case cleansing one or more of these sources of death in our hearts. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. He gave us new life. We were sick. He healed us. We were separated from Him, the source of life. And He separated us unto Himself, made us holy, declared us holy. We were guilty. He gave us pardon. We were slaves to sin. He redeemed us. We were enemies. He won the war for us. We were sinners. He declared us righteous. We were foreigners. He adopted us. We were attacked by enemies far more powerful than we and He rescued us. We were filthy and He cleansed us. This week, our big idea is be cleansed. Jesus defeated death my friends you cannot cleanse yourself you must trust in the promises of god for you in jesus therefore you must trust jesus miraculously to cleanse you he is able to cleanse you he is able to cleanse you because he defeated death And the story we're examining today is all about the fact that Jesus can and will cleanse anyone who asks him. Allow me to read our passage, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. And a leper came to Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Jesus sternly charged the man and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But the man went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Today, we conclude the initial group of miracles found in Mark's Gospels. Next time, we begin the controversy miracles, the controversy stories. And these In this cleansing of the leper fits very neatly between these two sets of narratives. Jesus is able to miraculously cleanse a leper and at the same time to wade into this controversy about Moses' law. Now next time, Jesus will miraculously demonstrate his ability to forgive in spite of the lawyer's objections. But here, Jesus gives a nod to the Old Testament law in such a way that this man will be able to enter community life again. He will be able to touch people again. He will be able to enter life in this world, but also into the next forever. For that, we need to praise God. Jesus. We need to praise Jesus. Why? Because Jesus reached down from heaven to destroy the effects of sin. Jesus reached down from heaven to destroy death in all of its manifestations. Jesus reached down from heaven to destroy all that keeps us from having life and having abundantly. Praise Jesus. Jesus reached down from heaven to destroy leprosy. So today be cleansed. Jesus defeated death. Let's open up our passage by reading verses 40-42. to A leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. If you read... Leviticus 13, you will find that what the Bible calls leprosy entails more than what we now call Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease, named after the Norwegian scientist and doctor who discovered the bacteria responsible for this debilitating and formerly terminal illness, Hansen's disease is what we think of when we hear leprosy today. Nerve ends are destroyed by the bacteria that results in multiple conditions, including blindness, including the lack of pain sensitivity. And infections were caused by injuries that did not heal because of the disease. Leprosy was, up until a very short time ago, a socially canceling disease. Everyone hated lepers. Leprosy destroys people from the inside out and from the outside in at the same time. In the Bible, what is called leprosy is actually a number of skin-related infections that may or may not be Hansen's disease. But all of these skin infections make a person canceled. They make them social outcasts. They bring this person death of community. No touch. No hugs. No love. Now there is one instance of leprosy being healed in the Old Testament. It is Naaman, the Syrian army commander. By the way, 2 Kings, chapter 5 is my daughter's favorite story in the Old Testament, I think, because it features a little girl who loves Jesus more than she hates those who took her from her home. I love both of these girls. Now, death, death is what leprosy brought. Death is more than the halting of the human heart and breath. Death is more than the ceasing of the brain waves that Mark's clinical definition of death that we use today. Death is the curse of the fall. Death is the reason. If God can make this man human in the eyes of the world again, God can do that for me. If God can do that for my father's son, He can do it for you. It's absolutely essential to understand in every one of Jesus' healings, in all of them, the healing, or in this case, the cleansing of the disease is intended to point to the reality of healing or cleansing of the spiritual disease. Jesus saved this man's soul, or at least wanted to. Be cleansed. Be freed from the burden of your leprosy and be freed from the burden of your sin. That all did not receive this second blessing of the forgiveness of your sin is not the fault of Jesus. Jesus. You and I are intended to see Jesus do the physically impossible so that you and I would see that he could also do the spiritually impossible. Now, unfortunately, our culture is brainwashed to believe that there is no such thing as sin. Or, in the church, we are hypnotized to believe that my sin really isn't all that bad after all. Baloney, hogwash, Not true. Be cleansed. Jesus defeated death. One of the most devastating aspects of leprosy in the Old Testament is that one became unclean. He or she was unable to participate in the normal religious ceremonies. Now there were accommodations, there were ways to plug in, but it was not the same. If an unclean person touched a clean person, the clean person was now also unclean and unable to participate in normal religious ceremonies. Nobody wanted to be unclean. But what if the person touching is Jesus? Jesus is Clean. Jesus cleanses. Jesus heals. Jesus defeated death. Be cleansed. Jesus defeated death. Christian, be cleansing. You are now Jesus' hands and his feet. Do you realize something, Christian? You might die of COVID. You might die of Hansen's disease. You might die of AIDS or any other of a number of contagious diseases. Are you willing to see that sick person in front of you as human? Are you willing to see that sick person in front of you as just as needy as yourself? Jesus makes you clean. Are you willing to cleanse someone else through a touch? Do you realize something, Christian? Today, you are Jesus' hands and feet. He wants you to touch the politically opposite person near you. Are you willing to see that person as human? Are you willing to see that person just as needy as yourself? Jesus makes you clean, anyways. Are you willing? Because there is no disease, no filth on earth worth fearing as much as the sickness caused by S I N. And if you go where Jesus directs you to go, you will be among the filthy. And you will be cleansed. And you will be cleansing. In Christ, Christian, you are safe, and you are loved, no matter where you go, that he directs you. That, I believe, is the main application of this sermon. So ask yourself the question, who do you know who is filthy? Are you willing to go and be a friend? Are you willing to go and love someone who is morally filthy? Are you willing to go and joyfully sacrifice for that person's good? You should be. Jesus teaches you to be right here. What do you have to lose? Jesus can cleanse both you and that sinner through your touch, through your person, through your being in community with them. Jesus has defeated death. So even if you get Hansen's disease or COVID or AIDS, you very well may die, but your death will make your eternity better. And one way it may make your eternity be better is that you brought someone else along with you. Because on the road to heaven, hitchhikers are welcome. So stick out your thumb and he'll give you a ride. And Mark continues in our story. Verse 43. Jesus sternly charged the man whom he had healed and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now there are two essential things to notice in these verses that seem to be backwards. They're backwards from what we would expect. So every time you look in God's Word and see something that looks backwards, you and I need to pay extra attention because something important, something crucial is about to happen. You will need to change your beliefs. You will need to change your thoughts. Or you will need to change your actions. This is a good example. The first concept I want us to catch that appears opposite of what we may think is the idea that Jesus told the man to offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now, what is he talking about here? A proof to them refers to the priests this man was to humble himself before. Now, as you can probably guess, there were very specific offerings that Moses commanded if someone, if some leper had been healed. Jesus tells the man, go offer that offering because we want everything to be kosher. This is crucial because Jesus came to fulfill the law, not abolish it. And that is certainly a part of what is going on here. Mark gives us this small detail because he wants us to have it ringing in our ears. As we see him in the next stories, forgiving sins, calling tax collectors, defining what it means to fast, and healing people on the Sabbath. Because in these stories that Jesus we're about to read, Jesus steps on some very self-righteous toes. And Jesus' point is never to deny, in stepping on these self-righteous toes, the reality of the law. Instead, Jesus' point is to get to the heart of the law. Jesus' point is to get to the heart of how the law ought to be interpreted. Jesus wants to take the feet out from under those who misinterpret and add to the law. Because the law is meant to drive us to Christ for grace. You and I can never meet the law's demands. And we need the righteousness of God added to us by God. I get this among many places in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So, we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith. In order to be declared righteous by trusting the promises of God in Christ, and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be declared righteous. A whole sermon could be preached on this verse, but the point relevant to us this morning is that we are to see that the law does not save us. But through the law, we see that we need to be saved by Jesus. Paul is able to develop this theology in part because of the attitude Jesus maintained towards the law when loving people like this leper. The point relative to us this morning and from every miracle story, every healing story of Jesus is that we are being driven to Jesus by the law. We find that there is no other place for us to go. And that's a good thing. Why is it a good thing that there is no other place to go but Jesus? Is because we see that as Jesus heals this leper, this filthy, unclean leper, that Jesus is both willing and He is able to cleanse you, to heal you, to give you life, and to give it abundantly. Therefore, be cleansed. Jesus defeated death. Be cleansed. Be brought into a loving, eternal relationship with him because Jesus defeated death. Now, there's a second important concept to catch here, and that is of the Messianic secret. Now, we've already covered this idea before several weeks ago. Here we see that Jesus was very direct with this man who had just been cleansed. Don't tell anybody what I just did for you. In other words... Don't tell anybody, I just cleansed you from this leprosy. And we see this very clearly in verse 45. Mark writes, But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news of what Jesus did, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So we have to ask the question, why this messianic secret? Why did Jesus tell the people he healed very often not to tell anybody else? Well, it's very clear right here in verse 45. Because Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. Miracles, remember, show a very important aspect of what it meant for Jesus to be the Messiah. The controversy narratives in which we're about to get over the next several weeks. These controversy narratives where he picks fights with the religious leaders about the scriptures. These controversies which begin right here display another aspect of what it means for Jesus to be the Messiah. You see here in these stories, Jesus declares His ability to destroy the effects of the falls with His miracles, and Jesus declares His right, His authority, to set the record straight on interpreting Scriptures with all of the miracles that are coming next in Mark's Gospels. However, Neither of these concepts were at the forefront of the minds of the crowds when they expected the Messiah. This is crucial. Why Jesus wanted to keep his Messiahship a secret at the beginning of his ministry is because the crowds wanted bread and they wanted a king. And it's true. The wedding supper of the Lamb will come and it will follow closely on the heels of the King of Kings and President of Presidents returning to His kingdom, returning to this earth victoriously. But that day had and still has not yet come. So Jesus did not then wish to be hailed as King, but as Savior. And so He kept His head down, so to speak. Therefore, to avoid undue misunderstanding, to avoid people wanting to rush out and make him king, Jesus often told people, Hey, be quiet. Now what's interesting is this messianic secret idea occurs more often than Mark than in all of the other gospels combined. It may be that the reason for this is the messianic secret is the corollary to Jesus or Mark's frequent refrain immediately Mark in his narrative is fond of advancing the story with the word immediately why because he wants us to see Jesus as a man of action Jesus is decisive Jesus is intentional therefore when Jesus leaves the synagogue, for example, he immediately goes into the home of Peter and heals Pete's mother-in-law. But after a healing, here, Jesus says, wait. Don't talk about it. Now, Mark is still showing Jesus as no less intentional. Jesus is being decisive because he wants to demonstrate what kind of Messiah he is to his people. He is the kind that defeats death, that brings us cleansing, and is our Savior. Jesus understood. Jesus wanted to communicate the need that they needed to be convinced not only because of the miracles, but because they needed to hear His teaching. You need the rest of the gospel of Mark to be saved, because you need to understand how Jesus saw himself when he was saving his people. Furthermore, Jesus needed to have this messianic secret because Jesus can't lead his people fully until he rises from the grave, unencumbered by the smell of death. Jesus needed to rise from the grave unencumbered by any hindrances like leprosy or cancer or COVID. Jesus needs you and I to see as we read Mark's gospel that we don't need to fear anything. We have no reason to be afraid. Grace. Be cleansed of your fear because Jesus defeated death. Go to Jesus. You will find Him in the burning cities around you where you don't want to go. Go to Jesus and show people the healing and the forgiving of Jesus that He does through you. Because you are cleansed. Go to Jesus and then go to the burning cities around you and offer to them the same cleansing that He has given to you. If you go out there, if you go into these burning cities, you will find people who mock you and hate you because they hate Jesus. If you go out into these burning cities, you will find people who, who embrace you with open arms because they realize there is no healing, there is no cleansing, there is no defeating death anywhere else. Go out to Jesus. Go out to the people around you and give them heaven. Give them Jesus. O oh Lord... We need you to work in and through and for us. Bring us to our knees before your word so that we hear you and then we can tell others what we hear. Jesus, bless us not because we want to hoard your blessings but because we want to pour them out on others. Because we know that you will bless us more as we are that hose that brings living water to the burning cities around us. Bless us us, Jesus, so that many others will find us as hitchhikers on the highway to heaven and will join us there. We love you, Jesus. Amen.